Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Back from the holidays, I'm your superstar host, David Strausser, and it's time to kick off another epic season. Season 2 of the Small Business Podcast, Shark Bite Biz, your place to learn how to grow a business during a global pandemic. With 2021 in full swing, companies are probably trying to figure a way to stabilize from 2020. The pandemic seems like it is going to be at minimal here for a little bit longer, so biz dev is probably a huge concern for your company. Regardless of how things pan out, though, with the virus, digital transformation for the sales and client acquisition is here to stay in some form or another. Today's guest is going to have a great discussion with us about biz dev and sales in general during the roaring 20s. We'll be talking about how to sell online, selling differences during COVID, and selling remotely versus selling or meeting someone in person. A lot has changed over the past year. We'll also dig into how your ideal customer is online and how to reach them. And I think one of the most important topics, in fact, we've had a whole episode on this already with Cynthia Jai last season, but how to achieve sales digitally with confidence and tonality. So which guest is going to kick off season two for us? None other than Branson Van Landingham, founder and CEO of Van Tech. In this on-demand economy, Branson is committed to finding and forming unorthodox approaches to sales, online marketing, and technology development. Through Vantech and the ABC sales team at Vantech, Branson helps businesses all over the world grow and increase sales from implementing a combination of tech, marketing, and sales resources. Branson has the pleasure of working with over 50 companies from six out of the seven continents. Unfortunately, we're missing Antarctica, but we're going to get it done with him after this podcast airs. <laughs> so without further delay, let's get season two kicked off right now and bring Branson on in here. Make the sale. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here today, man. Absolutely, David. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to hop on and get to it. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna rock out and have some fun right now. So, very first question. It's a tradition here on the show. I know you've watched a couple episodes. It's a Absolutely. real softball for you, man. Okay, <laughs> what's your experience? What's your background? And what the heck makes Branson Branson? Absolutely. Well, man, that may be a dangerous question. Uh, I guess kind of start at the beginning and kind of roll to kind of where we're at here uh, at the end of the year. So for me personally, 
I uh, grew up in central Arkansas, uh, so did quite a bit. You know, most people, um, you know, I'm fortunate in business to speak to a lot of people all over the world, so I always have to kind of get my Arkansas pitch out. Uh, you know, we're not all barefoot hillbillies running around, you know, out in the country type <laughs> stuff. You know, Walmart, largest corporation in the world, was founded here, and uh, that's actually where I live now is northwestern Arkansas, where Walmart has their world headquarters. But grew up, uh, you know, very traditionally, you know, in the South. Uh, spent a lot of time outdoors, playing a lot of sports uh, from a very young age. Uh, my parents instilled kind of a business and a, you know, unlimited mindset with us. They really, you know, focused on me and my sister and so with you know, that, say, hey, uh-huh. with, with that business mindset, I mean, did they own mm-hmm. businesses as well too sure. or no? Absolutely. So my parents were kind of unique in the fact that they both worked uh, traditional jobs uh, and were kind of entrepreneurs in that respect. And they also had mm-hmm. side businesses where they were entrepreneurs on their own. Uh, my mom, you know, was very big in Mary Kay Cosmetics very early on. Uh, she actually, you know, had a car and did several things, got to meet Mary Kay. I don't know if your viewers are familiar with uh, who she is, but very uh, kind of like the limelight before limelight was around. And then my dad uh, did a lot of stuff in technology and IT as that wave was coming through installing products, hardware, software, really helping people, uh, you know, get things set up. So I got to see both sides. I got to see kind of the W2 um, kind of mindset. And then also got to see an entrepreneur mindset and kind of really bringing that uh, into my mindset and framework was very, very valuable for us. But, you know, they encouraged us that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, you know, couldn't have done it without my parents. They're wonderful, wonderful people. I'm very, very thankful. I hit the parent lottery, as I like to say. But uh, from there, you know, they encouraged us to have businesses, you know, did kind of the traditional stuff, mowed lawns, uh, hung Christmas lights, you know, did a variety of things, um, you know, on my own as well. And, you know, I was very fortunate being 25 to kind of be on that cusp of, you know, really social media coming into fruition as far as business focus. Uh, so when I was young, you know, it was kind of all the kind of personal stuff. And then as they started to monetize their platforms like Facebook and other platforms specifically, I was able to launch some uh, Facebook pages and get business. You know, yeah. I remember picking up, you know, being 12 and picking up yards uh, in my community through there, advertising online, very, 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 very beginning and organic. Uh, but got no, to that's, do a- that's, that's interesting because when I was 25, Facebook, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was my space in Facebook then. Sure. But, right. you know, it was kind of <laughs> like, how do you get mm-hmm. business around it? It was sure. so new that there was a lot mm-hmm. of unknowns and confusion right. as far as the do's and don'ts with mm-hmm. social media. But now mm-hmm. you have the generation below me, which you're mm-hmm. part of. I'm only 37, so we're 12 years <laughs> Not apart. Not too far apart there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, 12 years apart, but the generation below me, the people that are, you know, in the 25-ish range, mm-hmm. I mean, they grew up with a much more mature social mm-hmm. media platform than I did when it was brand new and innovating. And, sure. you know, what's this face thingy? You know, right. and or yeah, this my, my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. What, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's matured a lot. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I look at it with my kids, too, that mm-hmm. that has really impacted because, you know, my three year old knows how to use like a cell phone and post right. things. You yeah, know? they're on the it's iPad, like, they're on YouTube. And yeah, it's very incredible. Whereas, to your point, David. Yeah, I got to ride that wave, thankfully. I mean, kind of some of my first businesses centered around the online game uh, was, you know, was very fortunate to know a lot of people in in and outside of the community. And like you were talking about, a lot of people were trying to figure it out. So I got to come along and say, hey, you know, I'm a young, uh, you know, tech savvy kid. You know, would you love to pay me a little bit each month? And I'll, you know, run your Facebook page. We'll post content. We'll do a few different things. That was kind of Yeah. So that's kind of how I got started in in the tech and digital marketing world. And thankfully, like you were, you know, we were just having the conversation about was able to kind of play off that with people who were either too busy or a combination of being too busy running the business and also like 
what the heck is this thing online? You know, is it just people posting, you know, uh, what they're doing and what they're up to and chit chatting and instant messaging type stuff? Uh, or is it something greater? And we got to really evolve with that. I uh, got to, you know, try, fail, learn, grow, and uh, not only have that experience personally, but really get to help out uh, folks, you know, via business and really kind of tap into that as that wave, that tidal wave, you know, as it is now, as it kind of got started. Yeah, no, that that that's great. So what does your company, because I mean, I find mm-hmm. it interesting, you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're 25, but you're mm-hmm. obviously a proven entrepreneur that you have, you're the CEO of Vantech with your mm-hmm. ABC sales team. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's going to inspire a lot of other people, whether it's other mm-hmm. 20-year-olds, um, you know, people in their 20s like you, or whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, 40 or 50-year-old person out there that's <laughs> like, well, sure. crap, man, if this Branson guy at 25 mm-hmm. can do this, I could do this. And it inspires them to go out there and actually start sure. their own thing. Tell us a little Absolutely. bit about what you do and how that started. Sure. Well, first off, if I could do it, anybody can do it, right? Uh, so kind of looking at my path, it was a little unique in the fact that uh, I kind of did several things before I really kind of landed fully where I'm at now in the tech and digital marketing and sales spaces. So uh, first off, you know, went into college, uh, originally was going to be a business major, uh, broke my collarbone playing football senior year and thought, hey, uh, I got to experience a little bit of the orthopedic stuff and thought, hey, maybe I want to go to med school and be the orthopedic surgeon quickly realized that was not the path for me uh, and uh, kind of went back to business and, you know, uh, dropped out of college for a little while, tried to get into the military and that clavicle break prevented me from doing that at the time. And uh, so kind of came back and uh, was working in a pharmacy, thought, hey, you know, medical didn't quite work out. Let's go the kind of pharmaceutical route. And there's a lot you can do with that and quickly find out that a lot of the undergraduate paths and classes to that were very, very similar in medical school. And just, you know, really was kind of trying to find different paths. I knew I wanted to own my own business in some sense or capacity. I knew I wanted to have that, uh, you know, freedom and opportunity to innovate and create new mm-hmm. different things. And uh, ended up double majoring in history and political science. Thought, hey, I'll go to law school. I'll get a law degree and I can use that to my advantage as a business person. Uh, so finished undergraduate and uh, was really trying to make some decisions on kind of the next step. And I said, hey, let me give it a year. Let me do a few different things and see how that goes before I commit to, you know, at least three more years of school. And, you know, it's going to run about a uh, hundred grand at least. And so I oh, yeah. um, was doing stuff in the tech and digital marketing space, working for myself and got working with a few different restaurants. And uh, I don't know if you can tell, I kind of conveniently have the camera pointed up, but love to eat here again, you know, from the <laughs> South, from Arkansas and uh, was doing a lot in the restaurant space and I actually had an opportunity to go to work for uh, one of the largest uh, restaurant food delivery platforms apps in the United States because I was doing some restaurant consulting and uh, really, really enjoyed that. So I was, you know, signing up new restaurants, really helping folks reach new customers. And again, kind of that wave was really ramping up uh, there in kind of 2017, 2018 of food delivery, you know, having the convenience in this on-demand economy to push a button and get food, drinks, whatever the case was. Food delivery delivered. has really blown yes. up this year. Well, I think especially this during is the pandemic. The Yep. Right. I mean, we've always had, I think what people have to recognize, we've Mm -hmm. always had delivery. I remember growing up and seeing the Domino's commercials, not a sponsor. Chinese and pizza. (laughs) Right, right. 30 minutes for the pizza, you know, Mm -hmm. coming to the house. 
and you know or ordering chinese (laughs) food or whatever Uh it may be oh man now i'm getting hungry for chinese yeah Yeah, Uh, i'm doing this before dinner so yeah you may really get me hungry here (laughs) (laughs) but now it's evolved to where i mean instead of having Mm -hmm. different apps for every single restaurant on your phone you have one or two or three different apps that Mm -hmm. have all the restaurants there and you just order through there and that company brings i mean that's really taken off and evolved i think now absolutely and i mean especially during the pandemic uh so about two years ago i left my position there the company i was working for got bought out um without kind of getting too much and going down that rabbit hole there were some internal issues and different things and so I left and went back full time with my tech and marketing agency, which I had been doing on the side since college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they were experiencing some problems, you know, with the delivery company, but now they've ramped up. They at one point had shut down about a third of their markets. And I think they've captured all of that back and plus more. Um, so, you know, as, as crazy as the pandemic's been, as unfortunate in some instances, it's presented a great time of opportunity for tech in the marketing world. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but about 18 months ago, I went back full time with my tech and marketing agency and, you know, we were really, really expanding, doing a lot of different things. And it picked up a lot of work and surprisingly, a lot of different industries and niches um, and, you know, kind of felt the effects of COVID. I think a little bit before a lot of people did in the U.S., we were doing some e-commerce retail stuff and people were trying to source and ship products from overseas. And kind of at the beginning of the year, they started to have those kind of initial hiccups. And we were kind of hearing about, OK, what is this COVID stuff? OK, is it overseas? And we were seeing that play out. And then my wife, she's a dental hygienist. So we did stuff in the dental and oral health space, you know, advertising, marketing, uh, some websites some tech uh, products and softwares. And as it fully COVID fully made landfall in the U.S., you know, that stuff got shut down as, as far as a lot of things, obviously. But that elective or selective health care, unless you had an emergent dental issue, you know, people weren't going to get, you know, their teeth polished. They weren't going to get, you know, braces tweaked. And so we really had to make a pivot. And so thankfully, we already had some joint ventures where we were working with people who offered services different than ours. And we were helping close those deals and, you know, recruit and uh, retain different clients for both of our joint venture opportunities. And so we were already doing some of this closing. And with uh, COVID fully making an impact, we needed to make a little bit of a transition because a lot of people, I mean, it didn't matter really what industry niche you were uh, in originally, they were originally impacted and kind of had a halt. So we really had to figure out, hey, you know, how do we make a shift? And we shifted into the consulting side, focused on sales and really ramped that up now to working with over 50 companies uh, in six out of the seven continents. So if anyone's listening and they're in Antarctica, I'd love to work with you because then we could check that box <laughs> of having seven out of seven, but uh, doing quite a bit there in tech and marketing and really helping folks close deals and obviously increase their sales and grow and really ride the opportunity uh, that COVID has presented for the tech and digital marketing spaces. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think about this negatively, sure. but it has created mm-hmm. a opening for businesses mm-hmm. right now. I mean, it, sure. it, it like this whole tech digital marketing mm-hmm. uh, space is really blowing up, and mm-hmm. but it's all about doing things the right way. Sure. You know what I mean? So what is the right way with COVID, you know, the social issues going around with the country, you know, everything combining into this hot kettle right now. I mean, how have you had to change things because of that? Absolutely. Well, first thing I would say is exposure online is at an all time high. You know, we already had 
you know, as we go day to day, you know, pandemic aside, we already had more people hopping online than ever before. So you had that right. but with COVID, with the social things going on, with an election, with different things happening around the world, you have people even more glued to their phone. They're spending more time online yeah. than ever before and more people are online than ever before. So first, exactly. They don't have a boss looking over their shoulder. They can be on Facebook. They can be shopping mm -hmm. and contributing to Jeff Bezos being the world's first trillionaire, whatever the case is yeah. there. Um, so a lot of opportunity there. So first I would encourage people, they need to be online in some form or fashion. Obviously that looks very, very different for people depending upon what industry, what niche they're in, uh, what their budget, what their capacity is in. But uh, you'd be surprised, you know, folks that we had pitched a website to two or three years ago had reached back out to us and said, hey, we need to be on there now. We recognize we can't get customers in the door, whether that's a clothing store, a retail store, whether that's a restaurant, uh, we still have a very heavy foot in the restaurant space. Um, as a result of, you know, previous work we've done and they recognize that, hey, we need to have an opportunity to have the ability for customers to order online, to buy gift cards online. We need a way to communicate with our customers. So, you know, we right. really encourage people, you know, it's free to have a Facebook page. It's free to go on there and post your hours, post your changes, post what precautions you're taking against COVID, how you're keeping your customers safe. Again, what no matter what industry you're in. So really pushing people out there to, you know, where your customer base is at you know where your existing base is at, you know where your potential, uh, you know, for more customers is at, they're online. So you need to have something out there to reach those people, to attract those people, and to get them to do business with you, whether again, no matter what industry or niche you're in. Are there still businesses out there that don't have Facebook pages or those free listings? Yep. <laughs> you would be wow. very, very surprised. The people we speak to that don't have a Facebook page, again, you know, for your viewers who may not know, it's free. Uh, Google My Business listings have an information out there readily available. And Google's had some issues during the pandemic with some of their Google My Business stuff. But just folks that aren't tapping into the goldmine that we like to say that's available online by just having basic contact info, hours, phone numbers, emails, mm -hmm. address, you know, changes, whatever the case is. We talk to people who have, you know, large successful companies that don't. Uh, maybe the business owner is a little bit older and it has kind of resisted that change. Maybe it's somebody who, yeah. you know, they had changes or different stuff with personnel or maybe their, you know, tech savviness or abilities different than others, whatever the case is. You know, we've talked to people. It's not just a one man kind of locally owned shop uh, or a huge conglomerate of a business. We've seen stuff at every end of the spectrum that they're not tapping into just basic stuff basic opportunities to reach customers and have a presence online. And everyone, no matter what business industry niche uh, you're in, you need to have some form of online presence. So let's talk a little bit about how to sell. I mean, what do you have to say as far as like the tonality and the confidence about all that stuff? How has it changed because of the pandemic? Sure. Well, first thing, tonality and confidence, it looks uh, a little bit differently um, as things have changed with the pandemic now. Uh, you're moving towards more remote sales, obviously, on the phone, on the oh, Zoom, yeah. doing different things versus meeting in person, sitting down in front of somebody. Uh, but regardless, whether you're in person, over the phone, on video like we are right now, or you can see me, you can see my expressions, you can see how I'm reacting and projecting different things specifically. Tonality and confidence is, is very, very vital. Being able to come on there, if, if I got on the, the Zoom mm -hmm. here, if I got on the interview and I talked really low and you know, I kind of mumbled and I kind of looked around. <laughs> Obviously, you're probably not going to be wanting uh, to kind of buy into what I'm offering, even if it was the greatest thing in the world, right? If I'm selling you Bitcoin at a cent of Bitcoin oh, yeah. or something crazy. 
So being able to you know, come on you there. You know, I just want to back that up real quick. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw, but on Thanksgiving yeah. Day, we had mm-hmm. an episode that came out that mm-hmm. was with uh, Cynthia Jai. And mm-hmm. it was, she's an actual executive voice coach. Uh-huh. And oh, it was ex- an episode just dedicated to mm-hmm. your voice and how yeah. you're speaking. Because look, I run the whole Northeast region for Vision mm-hmm. 33. We do ERP for small to mid-sized businesses. And a lot of times, like my consulting team, the people mm-hmm. who do the dirt, you know, the dirty tech work of the implementation, they they're not sales professionals, they're not, you know, experienced managers. Mm-hmm. They're usually a little bit more, you know, fat. Mm-hmm. And sure you know, they'll go out there and sometimes they'll answer a question to a client correctly, but Mm -hmm. they say it wishy-washy, you know, they don't say it with, with confidence. And then (laughs) the customer blows up, the customer blows up because it sounds like the consultant doesn't know Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. When in reality, they're absolutely Mm -hmm. right, but it's how they said it, not what they said. Absolutely. I mean, coming in that energy, enthusiasm, that tonality, that confidence, that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, I've seen products be, you know, less of a product, offer less, have less value, cost more. And I've seen people be able to push it and sell it because of their conviction, because they have that energy, that enthusiasm. So that's something that we really work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with our internal sales team on. That's something that we work with our clients on, uh, you know, the B2C type stuff when they're selling and we're helping them sell, right. you know, business to customer, really working through that. Because confidence, if you have confidence, if you have energy, you can come on, whether you're in person, on the phone, on Zoom, whatever the case is, and you could sell literally a bucket of crap. People buy it. It's called fertilizer. And so being able to come on there and present the value, have that energy, have that enthusiasm, you're going to make sales. You're going to be successful and you're going to push out you know, a lot of opportunity for yourself, your company, and your product. I'm sorry, man. That cracked me up. That was good. <laughs> sure. I am stealing that light in the future. Thank you. Absolutely. That's that's the sure. cost of coming on Shark Bite Biz. Hey. I, I reuse the good catch lines. <laughs> good. Uh, selling well. a bucket of crap is fertilizer. There you go. Uh, yeah, people buy so it. In so let's, let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about how to sell online selling differences you know with covid as far as yeah. the selling remote labor selling mm-hmm. or meeting in person because this is something that you were just touching on and i i guess i'll use myself as an mm-hmm. example with my main day job just said it's erp with sap mm-hmm. business one and oftentimes i mean we can get small contracts that are mm-hmm. twenty-five thousand or 30 or forty thousand most customers are going to be 75 to 125,000. Mm-hmm. And even out of that, that's low for a lot of customers now too. I mean, it's mostly going sure. to be 150, 250. I mean, it can right. scale up to millions depending mm-hmm. the size of the business. I mean, mm-hmm. we can, depending how they use it, we can service anybody from 2 million in revenue up to a billion. It all comes right. down to how you're using the system, how many sure. users, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, maybe the software itself only costs 50,000 and then you have mm-hmm. 100,000 implementation, let's say, you know, most people want the warm and fuzzies, mm-hmm. you know, they want to know that they're just not being told yes, 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 yes to all their questions when in reality it is no, 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 and maybe. And <laughs> sure. You know, you've got to give that warm and fuzzies. And traditionally in this old school business, I mean, you're doing things in person. Now we have been digitally transformed. 
mm-hmm. to where we are doing this, um, sure. you know, fully remotely. I mean, we just sold a huge multi-million dollar project. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't in my region, unfortunately. It was in the central, sure. uh, which includes uh, your state of Arkansas. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a huge, huge, huge client, multi-million dollars, um, you know, mm-hmm. deal that was all done remotely, right. you know, so we're, we're seeing success with it, but I want to hear from you, like the situation that I'm talking about doing mm-hmm. things remotely like that, what the salespeople, managers, directors, executives need to keep in mind when they're pitching remotely through the webinar. Sure. Absolutely. So first you, you just mentioned it, it's getting something visual based in my experience. So you know, having an intro or having a qualification discovery call, you know, via a regular phone call is fine. But when you're really getting into the nitty gritty, when you're really going to close and you're asking for the sale, you need to have some type of visual. And so, you know, having a pitch deck, slide deck, uh, webinar, whatever the case is, having something that a client can look at together and then you can talk about it out loud. So you have something that they're looking at and then you're having a conversation about it, whether that's, you know, data, testimonials, results, breaking down step by step. But you want to walk them through the process visually. You don't want to assume they know what you're talking about uh, just because, you know, maybe they've done something in the past uh, with a different company. You never know what they've laid eyes on. You never know what they've bought into. You never know that level of experience and understanding. So being able to show that to them visually, one, that's going to help you overcome objections because that's going to negate some, uh, you know, right off the bat. That's going to take some off the table. Uh, That's going to help, you know, eliminate questions, eliminate doubt, uncertainty. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, they're trying to... I call that defensive selling because you're sure. setting up the defense before, you know, you're, you're, you're right. positioning yourself before mm-hmm. it comes an issue. That way mm-hmm. you've already crossed that hurdle right. and it's not becoming a bigger issue down the road. Sure. No, absolutely. And, you know, when you do uh, a lot of the same sales calls in different industries and stuff, a lot of the stuff we do, I mean, we've heard, you know, several things multiple times. You know what people are going to say for the most part. Maybe some yeah. salespeople don't. Uh, but as you can get into your groove, you want to set yourself up exactly like you're talking about. You want to take those off the table and put yourself in a better position. You know, you're more advanced, you're more forward, you're past that. And you've worked that into your pitch in a way that you've covered it. You've earned their confidence. You've earned that trust. You've moved past it without them really having to, you know, again, have that doubt, have that uncertainty creep in their mind. They're asking questions. They're getting mm-hmm. a little doubtful on that. And you've alleviated that by really rolling through so, that. So go ahead. Visually, visually speaking. Okay. Sure. I think this is important. This is what I've stressed with my sales team mm-hmm. that sure. when you're on a call, client facing mm-hmm. call, also internally too, but right. uh, especially client facing. Okay, because we're using Microsoft Teams for everything we do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You need to have your webcam on. Even if the Mm -hmm. client doesn't have their camera on, they're just on there with voice. Mm -hmm. They're still sitting at their computer. They're still able to look at you. And Mm -hmm. them seeing your face when you Mm -hmm. answer those questions is what's going to give them the warm and fuzzies to whether you are BSing them or you're Mm -hmm. telling them the truth. Is that, sure. a, is that an accurate statement, you think? A thousand percent. And that's something that we've really pushed. Again, not only our internal sales team, but our clients get comfortable on camera. They need to practice mm-hmm. that because kind of before, especially before the COVID and the pandemic, a lot of folks, you know, we were used to traditional phone calls or meeting in person. And then we get on the camera and maybe, you know, the lighting's not, you know, quite right or, you know, you have to adjust things, but it's getting comfortable with that. So whether you're, again, How's you my mentioned lighting? it, your lighting's great. I need to work on mine a little bit I here. We just moved. One... And, 
two, three, <laughs> four. I got five lights here on me. Yeah, I see one reflected there and, and your pictures there. We just moved. I'm still trying to get my home office set up here. So got to work on mine a little bit there. But being oh, able good. to have that, you know, composure from being on camera is very vital, like you're talking about. But then absolutely, again, going back to that confidence, going back to that tonality, that certainty, allowing them to see you, right? They know that, uh, you know, they can put a face with a, with a name there. They can hear you. They can see it on your face. And again, if you're selling in the right way, and you're doing what you need to be doing on that front, that's going to shine through. And that's going to hopefully, if you practice, and again, you're doing things the right way, work in your favor. Yeah. And they want to have the warm and fuzzy. They want to see you. They want to you know, watch you flip through that, whether I'm just looking at the screen, clicking through, whether I'm you know, looking directly at you, whatever the case they is. They want to make they sure when you're saying, yes, sir, we can right. do that, that you're not <laughs> exactly. also rolling your eyes like, yeah. oh my God, yes, sir, right. we can do that. Huh? You know, that, that's what they want to see. Sure. It reinforces. Right that mm -hmm. and that's why i mean my team would probably say maybe i'm a little bit anal about it but uh you know i i, I view my team when you get up to the level where we're at we're all uh -huh. dire professionals i mean sure. we're all experienced mm -hmm. uh my sales rep my top guys probably double my age we have a lot of mm -hmm. respect for each other it goes both ways you know right um and you, you know, it comes down to, I give him a very, very long leash because of the respect mm -hmm. I have for him. He's accountable, right. all that sure, stuff. Trust. But, you know, with him being so old school, he doesn't like to turn <laughs> on the camera. Right. And it's something I ride him on because mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, this is critical right now. Just sure. turn the camera on. I'm right. going to call you out on every meeting until mm -hmm. you just do it naturally and slowly but surely he's adopting and uh sure. i think things are going way better for him now good no absolutely and i'm sure if you looked at the data beforehand and then after him really getting on camera getting confident rolling through that mm -hmm. you know i'm sure you might see a, uh, at least a slight difference there um and kind of performance and some of those kpis and different things so oh, it's very yeah, valuable absolutely. i'm glad you're pushing your team to do it i know again that we're doing it internally and really working with our clients on that and having them get used to that and they're having to do things differently. I mean, we do a lot of sales, um, but we also do a lot of consulting around kind of tech marketing sales in general. And so really working with people to get hardware set up, to get them kind of trained up on it so they know how to you know, navigate Microsoft Teams, Zoom, you know, how to troubleshoot a little bit of things if they're getting ready to go into a meeting and guess what, you know, they're stuck in the waiting room or they have a client stuck in the waiting room. They're like, oh, you know, how do I adjust this? Because Zoom, you know, has made some updates and they've really had to ramp up with this increased capacity, especially, you know, during COVID. And they've pushed out some updates, have some bugs, some security issues. And so there's been some kind of, you know, technical challenges around that, but really working with people to get familiar with, hey, we're having to change up. We can't go sit down. We can't have a cup of coffee. We can't go out in a boardroom, yeah. but people still want to look another individual in the eye and have that mm -hmm. trust and have that confidence like you're talking about. And so folks need to be you know, prepared and uh, composed enough to, to do that consistently across video. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's pivot a little bit. You have cool. your ABC sales team. Mm -hmm. Uh, first off, I just want to ask before I get to the question, but ABC, I assume, always be closing? That is correct. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Roth, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm yep. on fire today. Yep. Okay, You're so you have, your, you have your always be closing ABC sales team uh -huh. at Vantex, okay? Uh -huh. What are their three pillars when they are selling? Absolutely. So our three pillars really when we're selling, you know, we're essentially everyone that we have popping on the phone, uh, they're essentially technical sales engineers. They actually understand the tech, the marketing, the back end of what they're selling, you know, dependent upon, you know, what specific service or product 
Uh, so you know, they're that's able to really, fill. That's first. I, I just want to jump in there. That's sure. extremely critical because mm-hmm. um, when I decided to go to school, I went later at mm-hmm. life. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Penn State. Uh, you know, naturally everybody's like, well, you know, you should go for a business degree. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I'm (laughs) not going for business. I went for information sciences and technology, IST for short. Why? Because I I was already a techie. I already knew most of the stuff they were Mm -hmm. keeping me, uh, teaching me, but it gave me a deeper knowledge Mm -hmm. of the tech so that I could work, learn a little bit more of the formality of the inner workings. And then from there, I also got business courses that I took uh, as well, too. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm natural at sales. So it kind of all molded mm-hmm. together. And that's how I ended yeah. up in ERP running the Northeast mm-hmm. region here. But right. uh, that is extremely valid, I think, what mm-hmm. you're saying, uh, because I think there's a, a, a natural ability to be able to sell in a lot of people. Mm-hmm that you either have it or you mm-hmm. don't. And I think that's the difference between a all-star performer and mm-hmm. mediocrity. And sure. if you have someone that's a natural sales talent that just needs mm-hmm. coaching and development, you right. mix that with the technical degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. that's a, that's like unleashing a monster. Sure, right. It's a life hack, it's a superpower. And that's something we really stress because business and sales, a lot of that, like you mentioned, some of that's natural and some of that's just getting out there and really running it through, mm-hmm. but having an actual technical back end, having training, having an understanding oh, yeah. is going to help you very much. And again, it goes back to confidence. I know what we sell. I know how it operates. I know I can keep it at surface level as possible. I can break it down as detailed as possible because the clients that we speak to a lot of the times when we're selling B2B, these folks, no matter if they're a realtor, they're a doctor, they're a roofing, they're in home services, they get hit up and sold a service all day, every day, whether that's, you know, website, whether that's SEO, whether that's lead generation, whether that's somebody selling them a business card, or you need to buy our kids, you know, T-ball, you know, sponsorship on the back or whatever the case is. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of these people, they've tried, you know, especially in the tech and digital marketing world, as we are here at the end of 2020, getting ready to go into a new year, most people have tried an online service. So they're going to have some questions that you as a salesperson better be prepared to answer. And if you're just reading off a script, if you just have a very base level of knowledge, you're not going to be able to address that in a way that they need to hear it with confidence and certainty. So it's very, very valuable for us right. to have that. And so we ensure that everyone we have getting on the phone has experience. They actually understand what it is you know, that they're selling and they can convey that properly to the client. As far as our three pillars, because of that, because of that confidence, because of really being able to understand that, we're able to sell very conversationally. So we really want right. to allow people to dig deep, allow people to open up, And you'd be surprised when you do that and really kind of ask them some guiding questions that we call three pillars, how they tee up the sale for you. They tell you the pain points, you play doctor and push on them. But our three pillars are very, very simple. When we get on these sales calls, we want to farm out really three things. One, how are things currently going for you and your business? We call that, where are you currently at? Talking with Mm -hmm. them, running through the changes with COVID, kind of like we had our conversation. Number two, what are they currently doing to marketing advertise? And or what have they you know, done in the past? We really want to, you know, again, right. really get them speaking on that because we know how to, you know, uh, sell based on what they say. If they say, hey, I've done the lead generation thing before. I didn't get quality leads. And you know how you, know, you need to sell and how you need to frame that sell specifically for selling lead generation or whatever the case is. So number two, you know, what have they currently done uh, to market or advertise or what are they doing currently? And then number three, we really want to talk to them about the future. Where are they looking right. to go? So getting them to open up 
you know, again, no matter what service or product they're selling and say, okay, hey, are you trying to get X amount of revenue, X amount of clients in front of X amount of leads, uh, grow right. your business to a certain number of employees, expand, whatever the case is, they get them talking about the future, one, uh, because it puts them, again, in, in a great, you know, buying uh, psychology, puts them in a good mood. They're talking about the future, right. their goals. You're able to, you know, really utilize that when selling, when closing, especially, but really getting a feel for where they're at so you know how to sell. And again, you'd be surprised. Uh, most of the people that get contacted, um, you know, we're having these conversations with them. They talk about these previous contacts they've had with people selling, you know, the exact same service they're offering. We are, right. but they get on the phone and they sell, 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 buy or die type mentality. They don't even listen. So when you get on the phone, right. you're asking the client questions. They're providing answers and you're directly bringing a solution to the problem, to the issue, to the question they're right. having. Your success likelihood is a lot greater and it's just an entire bit uh, better and different conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple questions that came sure. out of that. Uh, sure. If you could just uh, lightning sure. round quickly okay. so we can get Perfect. to some other areas. Sure. First off, technical sales okay mm -hmm. the way that we do it at vision 33 i like it because mm -hmm. the sales rep has general knowledge they don't have right. the granular knowledge some know mm -hmm. a little bit more granular just from experience than others mm -hmm. but it's general knowledge their job as the sales rep is to uh, build the relationship manage a sales cycle because you may need partners, third parties, you may need, you know, like our support department head to jump in a call or our cloud hosting head to jump in a call or mm -hmm. somebody like that, a developer, whatever. And your job is to manage that sales cycle. Say this, don't say mm -hmm. that. Okay. Right. Do this, not that. <laughs> right. And you're, you're managing the sales cycle, but as uh -huh. far as the technical salesperson, we have our own dedicated pre-sales because mm -hmm. you want them to not be the salesy person right. because you want them to be the trusted advisor. Right. Sure. And, you know, because, oh, you know, that's just a, a sales guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas well, what the pre-sales guy says, right. Sure. So, I mean, what do you think as that? I mean, where would you draw the line between those two in that type of situation? Sure. So for us, that person's one of the same. Uh, most of the closings we have, uh, you know, come from a two call close. We're doing a, you know, most of the times a regular phone call for that kind of intro qualifying call. Mm -hmm. We get on there, it's about 15 minutes. That's really where we farm out those three pillars. And so you're able to achieve what you're talking about with one person by having them really, they don't get technical. They don't really sell. You're seeing where the client's at. You're seeing, okay, are they going to be a good fit? Uh, whether we're selling for ourselves, whether we're selling on behalf of a client, closing on behalf of a client, really able to have more of a conversation. It goes back to not getting on the phone and going, you know, buy or die, sell, 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 really allowing that person to talk. You build that trust, you build that rapport, you build that relationship and you save all the selling, all the closing for call number two, which is when, you know, most of the time, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time we're hopping on a, a Zoom call, we're hopping on a you know, Microsoft Teams call and rolling through a pitch deck, having that visual, but you save the selling for that point, but you have that initial conversation, not be salesy, clammy, scammy, whatever the case is. Again, mm -hmm. so you achieve the you know trust building aspect. You don't have them coming on there and say, oh, well, that's just a salesperson. No, that's Branson. Right. He was actually asking me what's going on with my business, what's going well, what's going bad, and talking about how we can help. We frame it to our people as you're sitting down at a bar, you're sitting down at a restaurant with somebody. 
you're meeting them uh, and you're both talking about what you do for a living. It's very casual, yeah. very conversational. And we, you know, achieve that rapport, that trust by doing that initially and then having, you know, the second call where we go into detail yeah. and really ask for the sell and close. I mean, so what, what you're doing there is like what we would refer with our industry mm-hmm. as the discovery process, sure, you know, right. the discovery, mm-hmm. the, the scoping. Mm-hmm. And we usually do kind of, you know, like two levels of scoping, for example, because usually the first one's just the basic qualifying call, I guess right. you could say. To where we're, you know, just making sure that it's a general fit. And then the mm-hmm. second call that we have is going to be the deep dive where we get really granular to figure things out. Right. But ultimately, I mean, we try to figure out like, hey, what's mm-hmm. your major pain points? What's the top right. three items that you have? Uh, mm-hmm. And then what we also do is we portray it as we're a growth partnership for you. Our mm-hmm. job is to help you to grow into where you want to be in the future. Why? Sure. I mean, I'm not BSing you with it. There's <laughs> an actual reason. Because mm-hmm. if I help you grow, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're going to buy more licenses off me. <laughs> You're going to you need more services return. from me. Sure. Right. So it's in my benefit to help you grow. Mm-hmm. And that's 100%. really the way that we kind of position it. I mean, how do you mm-hmm. view that fitting in? It sounds no, pretty absolutely. similar to what you're doing. It's exactly very, very similar. Again, you know, going back to building that rapport, that trust, really helping them understand that, you know, when you have that mentality, when you come on the phone uh, or you come on the Zoom, whatever the case is, and you're diving deep, you're listening to what they say, you're coming out of the aspect of you're seeing if you can sell, if you can help them. You're talking about how you want to help them, but you're also presenting it from a case of, hey, we may get to the end of this call and figure out we're not the best fit. You know, we talk about we have a great network, the people that we can refer if they're needing something else, but Mm -hmm. we're not going to come on the call and cram, you know, a square peg into a round hole, whatever the case is, we really want to present a valued field solution to somebody. I and mean, we've gotten on the phone call uh, or a Zoom call before, and we've talked to somebody uh, in one case, and they came on, we were talking to them about digital marketing, different things. And reality was they wanted to come on and they wanted to actually write a book. They wanted to offer a course offering. They wanted to do something, you know, kind of totally different than what we were coming for. And we were able to help get them plugged up uh, because of that, because we actually listened and we realized right. that, hey, they see the value in that, that builds trust. You're not going on there just to sell at, you know, no expense, you know, all out, you know, uh, we're there to actually sell them and get them as a client. You're trying to figure out what it is they actually need and help them achieve that, whether that's with you, whether that's with a referral partner, or whether that's just giving them a little bit of advice, a little bit of a kind of a free uh, consultation session there. And then, you know, both kind of, you know, going your separate ways, but being able to have that mindset instead of, you know, buy or die, sell, 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 builds that exactly how you're talking about and allows you right. to transition into diving in further detail. Okay. No, that that's great. So let's uh, get into, I got a couple more questions for you. Sure. This is Absolutely. so good. I'm letting this uh, go on a little bit longer, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's intriguing. I love talking mm-hmm. about this stuff. Sure. And I, you know, I've got to tell you, man, if you didn't tell me that you were 25, with how you're, I mean, it's, it's extremely well polished. Like you really know your stuff, stuff that has taken me, for example, most of my life to learn through trial and error and experience. You already have that, you know, ground into, and it's amazing. Uh, and, you know, hearing, you know, pinging your mind and hearing mm-hmm. you say a lot of these things. I mean, it also validates what I'm doing. I do this podcast yeah for personal growth because I wanted mm. to grow as an individual and 
you know, bring the the fans and the audience on a ride with me. Um, <laughs> so to hear, you know, someone like you that does this day in, day out, validate mm. a lot of the ways that I do things with my sales teams. It feels good. Sure. You're giving me the warm and fuzzies, Branson. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You're building me out and I appreciate the compliments and uh, no happy to problem. be here and, and dive into so, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try to do some, uh, rapid, uh, rapid, sure. quick lightning round discussions. Yeah. What perfect. is the biggest selling mistake? I think biggest selling mistake, like I've mentioned is people get on there and they don't listen. I uh, really, you know, when you're coming on there, especially initially, whether that's, you know, the intro discovery call or that's the beginning of a, a sales conversation, they get on there and they don't allow the client to speak and they literally miss the client giving them the pain points that they can turn around and use as leverage to actually sell them. So you need to allow the client to speak, you need to listen and form your approach, form your sale conversation accordingly. Sales reps talk too much. They also exactly. they often <laughs> talk themselves out of deals. A great a woman. Percent. A great woman I know with SAP, her name is Lara Honeycutt. She mm -hmm. has an amazing career, really helped me when I first got uh, in doing with what we're doing, taught me a sure. lot of good stuff. And mm -hmm. she has always told me the biggest piece of advice that she got when she started doing sales was you have two ears and one mouth and you need to use those proportionately. Right. Yeah, I've heard that no, analogy many times. Items, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. you use the mouth one third mm -hmm. of the time and you listen to two thirds. Two thirds Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes <laughs> I see in a lot of people. Sure. So, you know, and I think that kind of follows into the next line, the next question is mm -hmm. if you're letting them talk mostly and you're not doing the talking, I, I think, well, I mean, you talk enough, but you're, you're mm -hmm. doing more listening than talking. Let me sure. rephrase that. You know, I, I think that lets people kind of sell themselves to you. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that? You nailed it hundred percent. I mean, again, asking them questions, allowing them to talk people, you know, they want to get excited and people love to talk about themselves. So, you know, when we're talking and we're asking them questions, we're allowing them to talk about their story, their business, their goals, where they're at, what they've done, what they've overcome, you know, they're building that up. And that momentum is building and building and building the further you allow them to talk. And again, you're steering the conversation. We're not getting on there and interviewing them, right? But you're steering the conversation, you're setting expectations and rolling through that. But allowing people to talk builds that momentum. It allows them to literally tee up, you know, the exact pain points, issues, um, expectations, you know, what they're trying to get out of something. And you're able to directly appeal uh, to that and sell because of that. So allowing people, if we as salespeople can get out of our own way, if you can be quiet a little bit, use the one third talk, two thirds listen mentality, even a little bit greater uh, is what we kind of train our people on. Really allow people yeah. to dig deep and speak. They sell themselves and you're able to come in. They feel like, hey, Brenton listened. Uh, he provided a direct solution to my problems or what I'm really seeking. And that builds, again, confidence that, you know, turns people into testimonials, referrals, whatever the case is because they feel like you actually listen to them and you actually help them solve a problem or, you know, plug a hole, you know, fill a gap that they're seeing in their business. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, great advice right there. Awesome stuff. Sure. So what about, I think the hardest thing is because it's almost like, uh, you know, rolling the dice at a craps table <laughs> is sure. how do you find and hire good salespeople for me, for our company, mm -hmm. 
it's always been a struggle. In fact, mm -hmm. with ERP in general, mm -hmm. about one in every six salespeople will actually generate a profit for their company. I mean, that's how tough it's been. Uh, sure. I mean, what's your advice with that for companies mm -hmm. out there? Absolutely. So it looks a little bit different depending upon kind of what industry and, and kind of niche you're in. But as a few general rules, you know, one, you need to have a great network of people you can pull from. You know, we've been very, very fortunate when I talk about everyone on our, you know, ABC sales team at Vantech having that technical experience is because we have a great network and we've been able to pull from actually people who were, you know, maybe had their own businesses or worked for a company. And when COVID happened, you know, maybe their company kind of went under, lost revenue, uh, whether that was their own or they were working for a company. So we've been able to pull off that because we have a great network, being able to put out information, you know, put out, you know, uh, applications, you know, put out opportunities for work and get responses back to that uh, because of that. So you need to have a great network you can tap into, whether that's, you know, plethora of resources online, Facebook groups, LinkedIn, you know, done quite a bit uh -huh. to ramp up their space. So having a pool that you can pull from, so you're not dependent upon, you know, one narrow uh, opportunities, you know, for people to come in, having a good network you can pull from, and then actually getting on the phone and talking to them, uh, not relying on someone filling out, typing questions, submitting it, and then you're putting people in the process further down the line based on their credentials, previous experience. You know, we found that it really doesn't certain, you know, again, technical things help, experience helps, people that have, you know, done door-to-door -door sales, they've, you know, had shotguns pointed at them, been cut out, different things certainly helps. And oh, yeah. we'd love to speak to door-to-door -door people, but really getting on the phone, getting on Zooms, uh, having, you know, mock conversations, having demos, really allowing people's personalities to shine. If they can just bring energy, if they can bring enthusiasm, if they have the right attitude, if they're driven, they're hungry, you can set up and teach them how to sell. Um, and so really not being stuck to one way or another, uh, we've really worked with people to not get stuck or lost on credentials of, oh, well, they haven't done this or they've done this or they worked in a different industry. If we can get on the phone, if we can get in person, get on a Zoom, see that energy, uh, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing is if I can get on there and see someone's energy and enthusiasm, I know that we can mold them uh, if they're driven enough and they line up in a few other areas. But having somebody that has that energy, has that enthusiasm and has some type of technical understanding or the ability or the motivation to learn and learn very quickly, like we talked about, uh -huh. I think that makes a great salesperson. And so you need to have a great network of people you can pull from. You need to utilize what's available online, different groups, different communities, resources, right. and look for people that actually want to grow. who are actually hungry and motivated and have great energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, I essentially look for three things in mm -hmm. a sales rep. Now sure. we're a very niche industry. Mm -hmm. I don't like hiring sales reps from competitors because mm -hmm. it's a very transient industry. Mm -hmm. You know, people just go to one company, they're there for right. a year, they don't <laughs> sell or they barely uh -huh. sell, they get fired, they go to the next company, sure. write it out for a year, next mm -hmm. company, and the train just keeps going like that. And I'm kind of, I came from outside the industry and mm -hmm. that's why I know it can be done. I know right. that it can be successful the way sure. that I think, because I'm proof of that. But mm -hmm. first is you have to know how to manage a sales cycle. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, just like we were speaking earlier, you have mm -hmm. to be able to manage that. And I want to mm -hmm. hear how you would manage it in mm -hmm. an ERP sales cycle. Number mm -hmm. two is you do have to have some technical understanding. You have mm -hmm. to know the fundamentals of how things generally work, the details, the software, mm -hmm. implementation styles, that stuff will come to you on time, but you got to sure. be able to speak of things at a high level and understand that digital world. And right. then number three, I think comes down to 
personal branding. What are you doing to create your own brand, to create your own name, to get your profile out there more exposure? Because I can guarantee if they're not out there doing things like doing my own podcast, for example, <laughs> you know, like what I'm uh -huh. doing, you don't have to be doing a podcast, but sure. if you're not out there in groups, uh, you know, trying to brand mm -hmm. your own name, sure. I can probably guarantee that you're not going to do a lot of networking and right. create your own opportunities, your mm -hmm. own pipelines with us, because they're just sure. not going to appear out of thin air. Right. If they're not looking for an opportunity or opportunities, really, you know, rather to better themselves as an individual, most likely they're not going to do it underneath uh, a company label, um, you know, right. unless, uh, you know, there's incentives or different things. But for the most part, again, kind of goes back to the ambition, the hungerness, looking for folks that yeah. actually have that, you know, uh, a lot of that, I think, uh, can be either learned. Some of that's, you know, uh, innate, but really looking for people that are hungry and that want to grow. They want to learn. They want to better themselves. And uh, you can see that shine through in a variety of different ways. And it comes through on those calls and it comes through in sales, you know, success. I truly believe that. By, by the way, for all our viewers and listeners mm -hmm. out there, I will be looking for a sales rep, <laughs> uh, looking for one with an uh -huh. accounting background to start around early January. So anybody, SAS, ERP, accounting mm -hmm. background, David at truckbytebiz.com. Sorry, I had to do my yeah. own plug there. I just realized that. Uh, hey, that's awesome. So money math, explain mm -hmm. to me very, very quickly because this, sure. uh, we're running really late on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> what is money math? That really money caught math. my attention. Absolutely, money math. Everyone needs to know their money math. Uh, you know, One of my very first mentors said, everything in life is a math equation. And when I first heard that, I'm like, man, it's kind of a you know, simplified way of looking at the world. But the more I got into business and different things, the more that that rings true more than ever. So money math, yeah. especially as a salesperson, it's being able to really boil down and deduce, you know, how many interactions, um, you know, starting from the beginning that you need to get to get to X. So whether you can reverse engineer it, forward engineer it by looking at, okay, if I do outreach, this many people are going to respond. From there, I'm going to have active and be able to reach okay. X amount of people, active conversations. Of those people, I'll have one call with them, you know, to two and really being able to work through being able to reverse engineer most of the time, how many people do we need to talk to, do outreach to, oh, try yeah. to reach to get to X amount of sales, X amount of revenue, and being able to know it, learn it, live it, breathe it, uh, and really be able to get it better, improve those conversion rates, improve that money math and percentages, and really break it down to that and get it consistent, get it predictable, and again, look to increase it and better those conversions and sales. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about. I mean, I look at that with my general pipeline. I just didn't sure. recognize the term money math. I <laughs> yeah. like that. I am sure. going to be coining that phrase as well, too. Man. So that's two, two things. I need to license and trademarks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too late, yeah. man. I already stole Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, sure. So, hey, last, last question for you, mm -hmm. Branson. How can people reach out to you? Absolutely. So a few different ways. One, you can find me on LinkedIn under my name. Uh, I know it'll be LinkedIn here because it's quite long, but Branson Van Landingham on LinkedIn. Uh, same thing on Twitter, BVAN007, uh, Instagram, Facebook, personal Facebook's Branson Van Landingham. Uh, we have a uh, you know, personal page coming soon. And then we have our Vantech uh, at Vantech Online uh, pages on Facebook, ABC Sales Team on Facebook, and then our website, www.vantech.online. Uh, so several different ways to kind of reach us, keep up with us. Uh, me, myself, personally, a few different ways, and uh, would love to interact with you uh, and love to have you uh, following our stuff. Certainly appreciate it. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. And it looks like uh, you're due for another headshot on the LinkedIn yeah. profile page. Yeah, I actually have some. I was hoping they would be done by the time we got on this interview. I know you'd be using one. Uh, I actually haven't cut my hair. I'm sure you can tell and since March, oh, yeah. since COVID happened. So I've saved about $250 on haircut. So that's been nice. A little fun money there. But uh, yeah, I need to update. Uh, that picture was last summer. So uh, my, my hair has gotten yeah. a, a little crazier since then. But uh, well, absolutely, it, I have some coming soon. It'll, it'll be perfect. By the time this episode <laughs> airs, I'm sure it'll uh-huh. be up. But uh, sure. I tell you what, looking at the picture there uh-huh. and looking at the log hair, the bigger uh-huh. beard, I think this look, especially with the open collar and the jacket oh, yeah. hand, I love it. <laughs> You're rocking, you're styling, man. Hey, Branson, thank you so much. This has been an incredible, informative (laughs) episode, man. David, thank you so much for having me. Enjoyed it. And I look forward to following you and catching some more episodes. I appreciate you having me. No, no problem. Thank you, man. (laughs) Cheers. Absolutely. Thank you. Good evening. It was a refreshing chat with Branson, right? A fantastic way to start off season two and 2021 with a bag. But before I forget, If you love this interview, do us a favor. Doesn't matter if you're on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Podbead, wherever you are, whatever platform you're watching or listening on, do us a favor. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Really help our channel grow and get to the next level in this business community of executives, owners, young entrepreneurs, people that are just trying to grow and get to the next level and learn something new each and every week. Now, if you really, really like this episode, then do a solid. Let's get Branson. Let's get Shark Bite Biz all trending on social media by you all sharing this interview now. So let's get back on topic, okay? This is a theme that we've heard a few times this past season. You'd be surprised at how many companies are not taking full advantage of the free tools that are available for them. Yeah, I'm talking Facebook pages, Yelp pages, Google search business pages. You should be taking full advantage of them and doing cool stuff like showing what your business is doing to keep customers and employees safe during the pandemic. I think what Branson said about sales reps speaking with authority and by authority, you know, he means the tonality and confidence in your voice is critical. Customers are judging you even more by how you speak and how you sound, and it really will allow you to build that personal relationship, even if you're doing so remotely, through phone calls, through digital webinar meetings like Zoom or Team. It will allow you to spark something, to move something forward, to give your prospect, your customer, your partner, the warm and fuzzies that, hey, you know what? I like David. David's going to take care of me. You know, Vision 33 is going to take care of me. Things like that. That's what you want to display to your customer, that end feeling of happiness, Uh, happiness and joy. I guess that's the best way to say it. Another great point of discussion was about listening. Listen to your customers and prospects. Allow them to talk about themselves. 
they'll talk themselves into buying from you most of the time. And more importantly, you will not talk yourself out of a sale. I mean, that's a big thing. A lot of salespeople forget about. They think, hey, if I just keep talking, they can't object. Well, that's not true. I mean, it, it comes by as annoying and it's like, um, dude, I want to tell you what my problems are. And I've been there too. You know, I'm a talker. I'm in business. I'm in sales. And it does take some constraint. And this goes back to something that we've said a few times last season as well, too, is record yourself, record your, your calls to your clients and listen back, see how you speak, see how much you're speaking Listen again to what the client's saying and see, are you really listening real time? Are you comprehending what they want, what they need? And from there, you'll actually be able to achieve a lot of personal growth because you're going to be able to pick out what you did good and what you did bad. And by doing this, though, I mean, you're, you're essentially going to start to really build personal relationships. And when you do that, then this is where it kind of goes into the money math that Branson was talking about. You're going to be improving drastically the percentages of performance to make revenue consistent and predictable. Business these days is all about consistent, predictable, recurring revenue. And you'll always have a nice nest egg on January 1st of each year to build a great foundation off of. You're not starting at zero once that clock hits January 1st. You're actually continuing where you left off. So yeah, this was a fun video with a lot of great conversation. What did you all think? Today's topic of discussion is how do you do your biz dev now that the pandemic is still in full force? What is your plan for 2021? Leave a comment in the discussion area below on YouTube and let's discuss. So do you want to be a guest in the show? Do you have an amazing business story? You want to tell about how you, your clients, the people that you're working with, partners, whatever. Do you have a great business story or a personal growth story that you want to talk about, shoot me an email, david at sharkbitefizz.com. And hey, remember everybody, I'm David Strausser. This is Sharkbite Fizz, and we'll see you all again next episode. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Sharkbite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.